Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Caroline, you should tell them about the newest thing that Bloody Happy Hour is doing. A Patreon. It's a Patreon. What is that? Um, that means you're basically like a VIP member and you get you get some perks. You maybe get like merch a little earlier. You get Or exclusive merch. Exclusive merch. You could get um first dibs on signing up for a live show you get episodes with no commercials you get our video because our video is no longer available on youtube it is only on patreon and the most important to me is you get videos of our live shows but also bonus episodes each month but if you're on a Patreon, you're VIP, you're going to get more. Because I always have a lot of details I want to go to. I can law explain. I might read a book. <laughs> this is also going to be the exclusive place that Dirty Chat is going to go to. In order to hear the full content, it's going to be Patreon. Where do they go again? Patreon.com slash bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. Oh, and this is Caroline. Mm. Turn up, turn up, turn up. Turn up Tuesday. Tuesday. And um, this is just the quickie edition, and we're going to talk about some news. Yep. What's and going on? What's the latest? What's yeah. happening? And then, you know, you come back Thursday and you get a full episode. Yes. And so all the news that I found this week all happened in Texas. Imagine that. Really? Okay. Well, I can add to it a little bit. Okay. So, um, let's start off with a shooting spree that happened this week. Oh, in Austin? Yes. My sister so, sent it to me. 34-year-old Shane James of San Antonio mm -hmm. was arrested and charged with two counts of capital murder after he killed his parents and four other people and wounded two police officers in a day-long trail of violence from San Antonio to Austin. So, he basically just... Went up by 35. Mm-hmm. Under state 35. So um, this happened on January 5th and 6th-ish because it kind of spilled over. Oh. Yeah. So. Wait. January? December. Oh. I was, okay. I know. I'm going to crack. <laughs> so the attack started Tuesday morning. So with a, he shot and killed his parents between Monday, December 4th at 10 p.m., or in Tuesday, December nine, December fifth at nine a.m. So they don't have the exact time, but they know that was like the time frame. So that was the fourth. 
And then on the 5th, at 10.45 a.m., he drove to an Austin school district and was outside of the early college, early college high school. So it's like a high school where they go take college classes mm-hmm. and shot one of the Austin school district police officers. He was just wounded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. At noon, um, police responded to a home after getting calls about gunshots. When they arrived, one person was dead on arrival, and the other one died at the hospital. This is in a neighborhood about 10 miles away from that school. Quiet, nice neighborhood. Random spree. Five o'clock that same day, a male cyclist um, was shot. He suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Um, This was now in Austin, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. His parents lived in San Antonio, but these the spree, it's like he went to Austin, was in Austin. 7 o'clock that night, police get a call about a burglary in progress at another home in Austin. Um, police show up, and they find two people dead. While at this house, a police officer sees a man in the backyard, and they, of course, pursue the man, and the man shot at them they shot back but they missed him and one of the police officers was wounded and had to go to the hospital while the man drove off now they did pursue him and chase him and he crashed about 15 minutes later in an intersection on i-35 somewhere service rode off i-35 and he was taken into custody Mm mm-hmm so we know that this man has a history of mental health problems of course and has a, some prior um, family assault charges. And he was a former U.S. Army infantry officer. But had no deployments. Because as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, what war was he in? It's PTSD, right? Yeah. Um, nope. Wasn't deployed anywhere. Must have oh. been on there he, with Dirty Chad. <laughs> was he a supply clerk? I told you. <laughs> but he said he was a sniper. So... They kind of looked back at his record, and January 2022, he was arrested for assaulting his parents and a sibling. So he's hurt his parents before. Um, he was bailed out by this victim advocate services, where oh. advocate thinking this is a person with mental health, he does not need to be in jail, maybe there's a better place for him. And I'm sure like there were some things that they needed to follow up and do, like counseling or another placement. And I don't know what that looked like, but they are actually getting a bad name right now because mm-hmm. they let this guy, they got this guy out of jail. Whoopsie. March of 2022, he cut off his ankle monitor. Okay. And then, so that was a violation of his probation for when he went to jail and they issued him a warrant in March of 2022. Now, when they issue a warrant, that doesn't mean like a warrant comes across your desk and they just come and arrest you. That means you're on this damn warrant list that if you get pulled over, thousands you'll go to of jail. people on, or- yeah, in each county. So if you get pulled over and you get it, then you'll go to jail. But they usually rarely they come won't. seek you out. Yeah. Even though I did have a warrant the year I got out of high school for some unpaid MIPs, and the officer did come knock on my door. <laughs> but he let me follow How him many MIPs down. did you get? <laughs> Do you want to have learned? Mom, close your ears. <laughs> 
five, <gasps> four or five. Yeah. I know. Did not learn from Melissa. Um, did you have to do community service and all this stuff? I had to do alcohol awareness classes in West. That's all the time. AA. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you got drunk no on the way there. Drunk on the way back. <laughs> um. So, but this guy had an ankle monitor. He had an ankle monitor. I would he, think that would be a little bit higher on the list. Yeah. Why do you have an ankle monitor? Yeah. Well, what's the point of it then? They can't monitor you anymore. So my friend's a parole officer, and they put a blue warrant, but even, or you know, put a warrant out, but it's still just not immediate. Your warrant is different than the ankle monitor warrant. Yeah, and they came and knocked on my door, and they can't exactly. <laughs> I'm confused. Um, but I was. This was little bitty uh, back then. It was Northcrest, so like Lacey Lake View Police Department. So they probably just didn't have shit to do. They came and knocked on the door. They're just like, okay, girl. Now they got a whole lot of shit to do. So now August of 2023, police were called to his parents' home where um, he was reported to be naked in the yard and behaving very strangely. So somebody called the police because naked and afraid and being Uh, strange in the yard. mm -mm. Nope. Um, He was not arrested because he barricaded himself in his room. And they could not penetrate the room because there's only so many. You did not say naked penetrate, penetrate <laughs> in the same breath. This is also a rated R podcast. <laughs> so there's only some things you could do in a misdemeanor warrant. So they couldn't like knock the door down and arrest him. So they left and they told the father to call them when he comes out and then they'll come and arrest him. And father never called. <laughs> father, what a disappointment. Well, and had he called, he wouldn't be dead right now because... Oh, he shot himself? No. He killed his parents before <gasps> he did this shooting spree, remember? Yeah. So dad should have had him arrested then, which actually, even if he did... Well, no, that was August of 2023. He might still be in jail in December and wouldn't have been able to do the shooting spree. So he did the spree just now in December. So that's just kind of like a timeline of everything. So when he got up on the 4th, he killed his parents and then just got on I-35 and just randomly shot people. They have made no connections between him and these people that he shot. Now they're still digging and maybe they will find something. Maybe he'll talk and give us his logic behind it. But I just think it's crazy that this guy was just cycling. Oh, and yeah. And he got shot. Yeah. Police officer just was outside doing his job at, at Austin ISD, got shot. These people in this neighborhood were just at home. Got shot and killed in their home. So just random. We'll follow that. Um, and now I'm going to Houston because we're staying in Texas. Okay. And on November 28th, a 21-year-old girl named Ardania. Maria Campos Munoz was reported missing when she didn't show up to school. So she's 21 years old. She went to HCC, Houston Community College. The family and her boyfriend, Ariel Cruz, immediately searched for her. Okay, so they are trying to call her. They are contacting friends. They are just searching anywhere for her. They track her phone to a parking lot. 
and they found her Honda Civic parked on Indigo Street in Houston. They were concerned because when they looked in the window, you saw her purse and her belongings, but also the fact that her cell phone was in the car and not with her. Like, that's just not normal Mm -hmm. these days of anybody, but especially a young 21-year-old. So... They knock on the doors kind of in the area where the, her car was found to get answers. And nobody recognized the car. Nobody saw the car come in. Nobody saw anybody leave the car. And so they called the police. And the police, Austin, ISD, uh, sorry, Houston Police Department, came, looked around, and left. Oh, there's nothing to really search here. So they left. The family was like, hell no, something's wrong. I need to get in this car. So they call a locksmith to try to get in the car, but the locksmith could not unlock the door. Oh my gosh. And now a word from our sponsors. So they didn't give up. One of the relatives got a hammer and busted out the window of the car because they wanted to get in. They wanted to get that cell phone. Who's the last person you was with? Who's the last person you were talking to? What kind of clues or receipts or something can I find? But when they popped the trunk, oh, (gasps) they found Adania in the trunk of her own car, unresponsive. When they called the police uh, ambulance, she was pronounced dead on the scene with signs of trauma to her face. So somebody had beat her and stuffed her in the trunk and left her car there. And the cops came and then then they left. How dumb did they feel, I wonder? (laughs) But I wonder if it's like the Jennifer Cave. No, I don't know. I'm not even going to take my mind there. So... Remember I said the family and the boyfriend were all like searching and looking for her and very concerned. Mm-hmm. Well, so who will the police talk to first if a 21-year-old girl goes missing and is found dead? Who do you think they're going to question? I mean, the family. The and family the boyfriend, and the boyfriend. Okay. 21, yeah. So they talked to the boyfriend and he confessed to killing her. And he had a great reason. Oh, she didn't like respond correctly to his like text or something, or she broke up with him. Okay, yeah, that's that's so. He, if I can't have you, nobody can. So then he shot her, he killed her, stuffed her in a truck. You know, this uh, kind of will it's relate happening. to our Thursday story. Okay, okay, stupid, uh, um, jealousy. Stoop, no, just a. Just for no like what, oh stupid yeah no, no reason. reason no reason nothing those are the worst but then when they give a reason it's never a good reason either way either so we're just never gonna be satisfied so um I just thought that was sad the they were twenty one and twenty two what did he do did you did you say did he like beat her in the face he beat her and so, he shot her oh and he yeah. Shot her. Stuffed her in the trunk. And then and this went wide to the open family. The... It was like in some like in some neighborhood. Yeah. Um 
Now, and then you go and you help the family look for her. Yeah. Genuinely concerned. Knowing that any minute it's all going to blow up in your face. Yes. Sad. That is uh, being, that is sociopathic because it's, you just have no, like you, there's no emotion. You don't feel anything. You just don't feel a thing. Or you're trying to cover your bases, hoping that like they won't link it to you, hoping that Houston Police Department is like some of these other police departments and they'll rule it as suicide, like Ellen Greenberg. (laughs) So I don't know. Sometimes you got a 50 50 chance with getting a ridiculous police department and you can get away with it. Mm. So, and then um, Susan Smith. Well, so that's not in um, Texas. That's in South Carolina. She is back in the news. We talked about it off the air last week. So I'll just, since she's been in jail. So if you haven't gone, listen to a, our um, Killer Mothers episode month. We covered Andrew Yates. We cousin Susan Smith. We cousin Diane Stout. Covered Diane Stout. And another. Diane Stout? Somebody Stout. You did her. She was the nurse. Look at it. Look at her. She can't remember her own story. Mm-mm. It might have been not. It was Diane Stout. She was the nurse that killed her daughter or something. She's real ugly. Anyways, go back and listen to it. But you know the story. She's the girl that um, was real thirsty, wanted a boyfriend, but a boyfriend didn't want kids. She drove her car into a lake and then went and said the black man robbed her (laughs) stole the car (laughs) so they quickly found out it was her so she's been in jail this is about 94 ish and she's been real busy since she's been in jail and i don't remember if i covered this on the episode so she had been in trouble for engaging in sexual relationships with guards many a times (laughs) um in 2000 she was actually caught in the act of engaging sexual activities with the guard um, and contracted a STD. Oh, well, good for her. She is keeping busy. Guard lost his pension and had to be jailed for three months. Then later on, she um, had an affair with a prison captain. He confessed to having an ongoing sexual affair with her, and he ended up losing his job, his pension, and getting a five-year probation sentence. Like, it is just not worth it. She also has had true two drug offenses um, since then. She's doing really good. And in 2021, she actually entered a long, um, oh, committed rela- distance in- relationship with a divorced father who wrote her a le- saw an interview of her, fell in love, wrote her a letter, and is willing to start a whole new life with her. And forgive her of her past mistakes. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And they're so, going to have a good life. Yeah. It's just a long-distance relationship. And he's I mean, a single father, so you're going to let this mom come and be a stepmom to your kids? She killed well, her she's own she's not ever getting out. Oh, she's oh. up for parole in November 2024. Okay, well, she's up for parole. <laughs> this bitch gets so, out. So, do you think she will be granted parole? Hell no! After all that, one, she better not. Two, you usually don't get it your first time your name comes up unless right. there's some random ass loophole in the justice system oh, like there was hell. for Ed Graff and like there was for Kenneth McDuff. So I'm definitely going to be watching that just to see if she gets out. Um, 
or at least see the interview. Ah, uh, when the Hart family. I did the Hart family murders. Yep. You still Diane Stout. I don't have a clue who that is. I mean, obviously I do because I did all episode. <laughs> I'm trying to think of something specific about her. Just do the name. I mean, Google the face. I know. I know. I just had to find out who it was. That was the mother. You did that on on Mother? Yeah. On the Killer Mothers? Yep. I guess they were Killer Mothers. Okay. And um, lastly, in Austin, uh, this week, December 6th, actually was the 32nd anniversary of the yogurt, sh- Austin yogurt <gasps> shot murders. Oh. So we have not covered this story. It maybe could be a future story. I did read the book years no, ago. It wasn't tr- a great book. No, we both tried to read that book. Yeah, that was the first one, and I was like, I can't. It was not a great. We book. both got real bored with it. I don't know why. I I I read. I had to read it for a book club. Yeah. Um. But I ended up, I was just like, I'm not remembering that one thing that I read. <laughs> yes. Unsolved. Unsolved. Firefighters responded to a fire at I Can't Believe It's Yogurt Shop around midnight on December 6, 1991. They were shocked to find the bodies of employees Eliza Thomas, she was 17, and Jennifer Harbinson, she was 17. But also Jennifer's sister, Sarah, was there. She was 15. And her friend, Amy Ayers, Ayers, was there. She was 13. They were the only people found inside. Now, only Eliza and Jennifer worked there. Sarah was there with Amy just having yogurt and visiting her sister. Mm-hmm. Now, the girls weren't just burned, though. They had been tied up stacked on top of each other, shot in the head, and at least one of the teens had been raped, which she was probably the target now that I think about it. Only one of them was raped. Um, A couple told the police that one of the girls locked up after them because they were the last customers um, about an hour earlier. So I guess they left the yogurt shop about 11-ish and they locked up behind him so nobody could have come in afterwards or they didn't think so um investigators found no signs of forced entry at the shop and noted that a back door mm-hmm. that that's what where the suspects probably flee yeah. from so they, I, th- I feel like they thought that somebody was hiding in the bathroom. Then they locked it up, came out, and then um, or waited did for what those they did. To leave, I guess, or whatever. Yeah, it had to have been multiple people, though. I think. I mean, yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, two guns were used: a twenty-two revolver and a three-eighty semi-automatic pistol. Um, were used in the killings. Now, investigators theorized that the teen girls were forced into the storage room, forced to undress. They were bound by their own undergarments, sexually assaulted. And after they were killed, shot in the back of their heads, then they, of of course, set the place on fire to cover up the crime. Using paper products from the yogurt shop, so like the napkins and stuff there, they just doused it in lighter fluid so they came prepared Mm -hmm. and set the place on fire. 
In August of 1992, so a year later, they began searching for three men who were indicted on an unrelated abduction and, and sexual assault, saying that they wanted to question them for the quadruple homicide, right? So three men get in trouble for sexual assault and abduct, abduct, I can't say it, kidnapping. And they're like, well, could they have something to do with this one? So they question them. Um, but ultimately like one of the guys, um, confessed and then recanted his statement. Oh, okay. Ultimately police zeroed in on four different teenage boys, Maurice Pierce, Michael Scott, Robert Springsteen and Forrest Welburn. Now they had were they were found at a mall with a gun that matched one of the guns that were used to kill them, and police now start focusing on them. They were detained. They were questioned multiple times over the years, and by 1999, so eight years after the murders, they had confessed to the murders. But there were no physical evidence or witnesses that tied them to the scene. Um, so I guess they didn't. So they were also didn't know anything that they didn't give anything that could have been credible. So they were they just say that or like, like people confess the killer would have known. Yeah, yeah. Um, and people confess to crimes all the time. Yeah. I don't know what they get out of that attention, maybe. Um, and so they were ultimately just weren't the ones who got arrested. And so there was just no tr trial, no justice, no anything. Mm -hmm. Um, they were released. Oh no, here's what happened. DNA. So they had, did some new DNA tests cause it was 2001 ish yeah, and early yeah. 2000s and they came back with no matches. So they were released on bond 2009 and then their charges were dropped so they were actually arrested and in jail and put on death row 2001 but when dna they recanted that they actually did do it dna tests proved that they didn't do it and so all the charges were dismissed well they had a whole ass trial yeah 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 i i, I missed that and i forgot about that so did i so um no one has since been arrested in this oh. case. Um, Did, what about like the bullet, uh, bullets from the gun, the gun, right? They, who's it registered to? Like all that, I guess that's just. But you still have to have a, a, a bullet sure, doesn't sure have they, a matching gun. You have to have the gun to show that this is the bullet that it came from. And then the gun has to be registered. So oh. If you have bullets, you just have bullets. Hmm. I guess you can figure out what type. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they, they know what type of gun. Yeah. But that's it. Um, now, they do have uh, DNA. But for some reason, FBI has a, like a matching sample from the DNA, but they have refused to provide it to Austin investigators, I guess, too. So I think, it? yeah, to preserve it and maybe wait until you have an actual viable victims because once you use it, you use it. You can't just reuse it. So 32 years 
Man, I mean, what about like their boy? I don't know who we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Deep I don't enough know enough into the about story. it. Yeah. yeah, I just thought that was a big murder that kind of terrorized Austin for a little while and still mm-hmm. unsolved. Um, the uh, Petito laundry case is taking some exciting new moves. Um, yes. There, it was. It's confirmed that I guess the the that like two days after Gabby went mm-hmm. missing, that Brian had called uh, to get a, an attorney in Wyoming on his way home, and he also called his parents, said she's gone, saying that she was quote gone. Mm-hmm. I did see that. But apparently, if the parents can aren't considered aiding and abetting if they do not lie to the police if they just withhold it withhold it from the police that's okay but they just can't lie to the police so what's the difference this is the law (laughs) with withholding information i guess oh because the police didn't directly question right because he wasn't he wasn't even a suspect like brian laundry wasn't a suspect for a while i mean a little bit because she wasn't found when she found uh, a couple weeks later, but then they didn't really know where to look. And he was like seeming like the cops weren't on him. They weren't surveilling the house at that point. Um, and then he, they went on that camping trip. Mm-hmm. And then he all, once he was like, once they found, I guess once we found her and then started doing all, going through text messages and figuring yeah. out that they were. Yeah. Then I think that he became the suspect. Then he went on the run but at that point, they were lawyered up, and so yeah. But there could be other things that we don't know about. That was just the like the latest. But there's no opportunity to lie if you weren't directly asked right. that question. Right. So they just didn't volunteer it. So I see. I can see the difference now. Like yeah. they didn't volunteer the information, but they didn't lie about it because they weren't directly asked the question of, "Do you know if your son had anything to do with this murder?" Right. Well. What else? Those laundry. Um, uh, eye drops. Well, we didn't talk about eye drops trial. I don't even know. Jesse Krzyzewski. Uh, I guess that's about it. Okay. I probably had other things, but nope. All right. That is it. That was a real quick quickie for you. Um, and if you see anything good that we've been missing, please send it to us. We will see you all next Thursday for a full episode or on Patreon for a bonus episode. Don't forget to. Stay aware. Stay alive. And always be DTF. Bye, y'all. Goodbye. Hey, I'm Blair. And I'm Brittany. And we're the host of By the the Cover Cover Podcast. Podcast. (laughs) We cover everything from mysteries, thrillers, romance, chiclet, and even some smut. Don't forget this month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited to get this thing going and share this with you guys. We've been talking about this for months and it's finally, finally happening. Yes. Special shout out to Rogue Media for helping us with this. For sure. For <laughs> sure. You can find us on Instagram at by the cover underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok. So don't forget to give us a follow on those two also. We are so excited to dive into some of our favorite books and share those with you. We can't wait. Hope you love it.
Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. And you didn't say hi. I didn't. You you just kept going. I'm going to introduce the book. I'm <laughs> not reading it It's because I don't like reading. Girls like cowboy butts, you know, and those jeans don't hide anything. Mm. Find us on Instagram at Bustles and Bangers or on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Summer. And this is Monsters in the Attic. So we thought we'd bring people on. Yeah. It's very real, and we're fortunate to have a lot of friends who have a lot of monsters, and we can't wait to share them with you. I love that, that we're so fortunate that we have so many friends with so many monsters. Where can people find us? Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere they listen to their favorite podcast. They can find me at my therapist office. As they should. <laughs> This has been a Rogue Media Network 